hosts, John and me, Daddy Warpig, we are back. Geek Gab for Saturday, August 24th, 2019. Coming to you all from a uh, beta test version of a brand new site called StreamYard. Yay, verily, less than an hour ago, John promised people that in the near future, we would be experiencing or we would be experimenting with StreamYard, and we have already delivered on that promise. We're the best. We always deliver on our promises. <laughs> Nearly instantaneously. That's how awesome and amazing we are. Uh, it's it's a little too early to gush, but being able to set it up and use it in less than an hour, uh, fully integrated with our YouTube channel, that's a really great tool. Like that's the sign of of well designed, well made software. Oh, and and we were talking before about you know, can I tell when it goes live and stuff? Uh, that little scheduled box. As soon as you hit live, it went. It turned to red and says live, and it's counting up now. That's great. So that's great. So so this is a great tool, Streamyard. That was uh, thanks to PC Bushy, and John De La Rose clued me in on on this tool. I actually get, I got spam from them. Oh yeah. Yeah, I got like three emails from them over the last little while. And, Honestly, I get a lot of spam, so I just ignore it. You're not supposed to talk about this sort of stuff. You're supposed to ignore it because it encourages them. But I got somebody who got ticked off at me like four years ago uh, in the middle of a vast internet uh, kerfluffle. Um, and every now and then, they just randomly sign me up to different mailing lists. <laughs> That... And it's it's still going on. I mean, this is not like a one-time thing. So that... most recently it was Sam's Club like a month ago. I've gotten signed up to like an Ugg Boots mailing list. It's really hard to tell the difference between a general mailing list you got signed up for spitefully and like a phishing email. So everything I see in my email inbox, I just assume it's malicious and kind of ignore it until it's time to delete. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> that reminds me of uh, I had a similar internet kerfluffle on Facebook. And, and for the following two weeks, I got nothing but spam in my inbox from political campaigns of, uh, for people with whom I do not identify politically. It was great. I was like, no, and I, I won't won't be contributing to that campaign. No. Oh man. <laughs> so you know, we lasted our show two weeks ago, right? Yeah, uh, three. We yeah, uh, we missed two weeks in a row. Oh yeah, which means we did it three weeks ago. I can math. I can math very well. Thank you very much. Um. So. The last couple of times we did the show, I had a very deep chest cold. Like, 
like coal mine deep chest coal. And so I couldn't do a lot of stuff because I couldn't do my normal stentorian Brian blessed voice because it would agitate, you know, my deep alveoli and the bottom of my lungs and I end up coughing on air. Uh, and I was hoping at the end of the two weeks that that means that I would have been healed, that like that cold would have gone away. And the good news is it did. Okay. You sense there's a butt coming, don't you? <laughs> I'm waiting. Uh, and only now it's become a head cold. I can hear that. Yes. So my nose is completely clogged. All my sinuses are like packed wall to wall, which it, it, it hurts. Mm. Right, like Holy. someone like like someone shoved a balloon up your nose and just inflated it. Fully packed sinuses hurt. And and so now I can't do anything on our brand new show that we waited two weeks for because my head has decided that it, it thinks that like hammering noise, you know, if there was like a physical sensation like hammering noise that's what my head is doing right now so it's awesome but i'm here anyway uh and we're all grateful uh, it's 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 good to be back honestly people have asked this they've been like oh yeah geek gab got taken down by uh <laughs> technical difficulties for two whole weeks um uh, and i've been telling him no it was not technical difficulties uh, we was, just went on vacation. Yeah, John was claiming that he was doing various imaginary things like hiking and mountain climbing. And I was outside. I was outside last, uh, uh, not last week, but the week before. What is this outside of which you speak? Well, you know the light coming in through the windows? No, actually, I... <laughs> you, you keep the you keep those blackout curtains drawn. I have blackout curtains. I'm not kidding. Uh, yeah, no, I I went out and enjoyed some sun. I actually met up with our uh, our good friend of the show and and guest Jeffro Johnson of of Appendix N fame. Uh, met up with him and and some of, uh, some of his buddies, and we enjoyed the natural beauty of the Pacific Northwest for a day. I don't believe you. Yeah. I think you're lying. I can't prove it. I don't have any photos. My my phone was dead the whole day, which was really nice. Convenient, I say. No, seriously. I'm trying out this new feature. I'm trying out this new feature. Uh, the Mix GM doesn't believe us. Check hey, this out. Hey, there's like a big, huge... I, I see the chat. I'm telling you, this is a great tool. It's big and huge and right underneath our pictures. And I'm not even on YouTube. I'm in the stream yard. Yeah. Wow. This is, good. this is good stuff. That's cool. Yeah. We should totally pay the 20 bucks a month and get rid of the powered by. A, is that a headset on the duck? 
Yeah, I believe it's a a headset on the duck. Yeah. Okay. With a little little Skype S on it. Oh, okay. Because I'm like, it looks like a like a cybernetic implant, like that dude from Cloud City with the with the 1970s headset, like glued to his head. Okay, I got it. This, were, you this doing, is good stuff. were you doing anything good last week? Yeah, last week was the local board game convention, Dragonflight. Uh, so I basically spent the whole weekend. I had intended to learn some new games and play a role-playing game, which I haven't really done uh, much outside of the that ongoing D&D game. And uh, so I signed up for a few things and subsequently canceled most of my uh, slots to hang out with my board game friends and, and play lots of great games that I can play any week. It was good, actually. Uh, it was a it's a weekend long thing. It's just a Thursday through Sunday convention, and it's mostly focused on board games. Uh, lots of role playing games too. Uh, so it's it's definitely a small local convention. Not like I think PAX is coming up next weekend, uh, or is it this weekend? Is PAX this weekend? It could be. It's really soon. Yeah, it's either this weekend or next. I think they usually do Labor Day weekend. Um, and PAX is monstrous, of course. I think they get, I think they get a hundred thousand people or something like that. It's it's absurd. It's a busy month for conventions. Yeah, it's the end of the summer. Uh, you, you get your conventions in before kids go back to school and so on. We had Gamescom last week. D twenty three. That's the Disney convention opened up yesterday. Um, PAX West. Uh, those are just the big ones. I admit, I, I sat through the opening of uh, Gamescom. I sat through seven minutes of uh, of Death Stranding game footage. Death Stranding game footage? Yeah. Hideo Kojima's new game, Death Stranding. Oh, I that guy's insufferable. <laughs> Guess what? I'm not making this up. All right. If you haven't seen it, you're going to think I'm making this up. In Death Stranding, peeing, urination, uh, micturation is a mechanic. There is a... <laughs> that can't be true. <laughs> there is a micturation mechanic that was highlighted in the game footage. You play a male character, and there are three important things I need to tell you. One, you can micturate standing up because you're a male character. Two, when you pee in the same spot, it causes a mushroom to magically grow and if you keep on coming back to the same spot and peeing there, eventually you'll get some kind of unique item, unique piece of equipment or something. I am not making this up. You know what, though? That is, completely, oh. that is completely ridiculous. But you know what? If If I were 13 or 12... 
I would want to play the heck out of that. I, I would think that would be is the funniest thing ever in a game. <laughs> There's one more thing. Um, the main character is played by Norman Reedus from uh, The Walking Dead. Um, and he, uh, they have especially designed the camera so that while he is urinating, that no matter where you adjust the camera, you cannot, in point of fact, uh, see any piece nor portion of his private parts, e.g. his penis. So they just make sure that's off camera. Make sure that's, you know, he, he like turns to the left and turns to the right, whatever. They're, Very clever. They have worked, they have programmed, programmed the game so that you can't do that. This is it. This is the next step in human evolution. <laughs> I got through all of that without laughing. I think that's impressive. <laughs> I, uh, like I said, man, if if you're if you're a kid and, and you're playing video games and you're like, oh my god, check this out. You can I can pee in this spot and a mushroom grows. That's hilarious. Just go go around the game world peeing on everything. Tell me you wouldn't if you were 12. So, oh yeah, probably. So, um, so you're I, talking about going and playing board games with your friends. Yeah, had a great time. I wanted to talk about a board game today. Uh, that's funny. You don't play board games. What kind of board game do you want to talk about? Uh, a board game I have not played. Oh. You see how that ties in there? This perfect. <laughs> All right, nothing weirds happened. All right. Um. So there was a Target exclusive Monopoly variant that was called Monopoly Socialism. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't make sense. Go ahead. <laughs> Because winning is for capitalists. That's the motto right on front of the board game. And uh, there's a sad ending to this. I want to tell you about it. People got peeved. SJWs and socialists and whatnot got upset because it poked fun. You know, the original Monopoly board game was intended to mock and deride capitalism, right? Sure. Because the, the goal of the game was to drive everyone else into bankruptcy and take all their property. Because capitalism is evil. Okay, fine, whatever. Uh, but now that they have a hundred and like seven years later come out with a board game that says socialism is evil. They can't take it. They can't handle being made fun of. <laughs> it's it's just too much for their fragile, fragile minds. So apparently 
uh, it's been pulled from Target because uh, because that's not funny. Because that's not funny. Exactly. So I just this this leftists went on a rant about um how unfunny the game is um the playing pieces included an old-timey phone a typewriter a pocket watch a phonograph and a crt television set presumably because socialism is so incredibly outdated well I think he hit it on the head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, now spaces on the, you know, spaces on the original board. There's park, place, and uh, boardwalk, boardwalk, so on and so forth. So spaces on the, and, and it's not like, you know, it's, it's not just a critique of classic 1930s socialism. It's a critique of modern day participation trophy socialism, which I think is what really, really got up their nose. Um, one of the spaces on the board is the We're All Winners School. <laughs> Healthcare for all, hospital, no tip vegan restaurant, <laughs> no tip vegan restaurant, <laughs> dairy free coffee shop. Um, I just I thought this is brilliant. I could not believe that this board game got made and released. Very uh, every, these are like the community cards, right? Okay. They have the two stacks of cards in Monopoly. So this is from one of the stacks. Everyone loves the homemade granola you bought, brought for community lunch. <laughs> Everyone loves the tofu chip cookies. You made it honor of Karl Marx's birthday. <laughs> Time to plant some trees downtown. Hope you have a green thumb. Oh. You catch your neighbor using a plastic straw to drink from a disposable cup. Uh, and then, then you can steal what you can take their chips off of something that they built up and return <laughs> it to them. <laughs> yes, it's the informant card. Wow, you can inform on your neighbors. <laughs> uh, go is no longer collect $200. It's collect uh, 50 monopolies living wage as you pay. 
<laughs> Very. This is this is really clever. It is. It's brilliant. Minimum wage increase sucks to be a small business owner. <laughs> I don't know who designed this. I don't know who wrote it up, but they really got into the satire. I I I picture the Monopoly man, the the mascot for the game, being uh, replaced by Godfrey Elfwick from Twitter. <laughs> uh, you know what? It, it's funny, but uh, the dude is complaining about all this. Kind of looks like uh, a non-exaggerated Elfwick. It's hilarious. So. Yeah, but anyways, this looks like a great board game. It was $175. I don't know if you can get it anywhere now, because I was seriously thinking about trying to order it, because uh, everybody was saying, oh, I've gone all over and I couldn't find it. And now, now it looks like that they've just pulled it, and that's why you couldn't find it. But here you go, folks. The funniest board game I have seen uh, maybe ever on Amazon, uh, despite the fact that it had one and a third stars, it was the number one new release in board games. Wow. So, and, and that's, that's something that is that that's a ridiculous price point, by the way. And Monopoly is, is, absolutely hell to play uh, it's it's definitely something to buy and and look at and and enjoy all the satire and all the jokes and everything i don't know what you'd do with it though it, it doesn't have monopolies mechanics though no yeah it has completely different mechanics oh of course otherwise because otherwise it would have to be an official officially licensed uh game from milton bradley I, I didn't realize this was this was not an official Monopoly. Well, it is. It's a Hasbro game. Uh, oh yeah, ha Hasbro. Don't they own Milton Bradley now? Didn't they buy Milton Bradley? <clears throat> they they own just about every toy and game company. Okay, so it's an official Monopoly variant game. They've started making those now. Um, well, I've seen I've seen a million reskinned Monopolies. But right. but nothing but nothing with new mechanics. So this is new mechanics. It yeah. has completely different mechanics. So playing it is not the same as playing Monopoly. Wow. Um. Like for instance, what they were talking about was there's something called the community bank, or community that's in the middle of the uh, in the middle of the board. And if you can't pay for something that you have to pay for, then you just get to automatically take money for that and pay for it because it's socialism. Um, so on your very first turn, when you have to buy something, then you just take it from that. But the problem is, as soon as that money runs out, then the only place to replenish it is everybody at the table has to voluntarily put money in so that everybody else could benefit from it. Because <laughs> socialism. 
<clears throat> I don't know. I, I'm saying uh, that's hilarious. If you got a, if you have a hundred bucks to burn on board games, get Gloomhaven instead. Well, there you go. <laughs> but but anyways, the 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 point I'm making is you can't get it now. Even if you had one hundred seventy five dollars and you wanted to buy it, you can't get it now. Uh, because, or at least you can't get it at Target anymore. It was a Target exclusive, so. That's sad. It, it sounded like a fun board game, and uh, I was kind of interested in playing it. I'll let you know if I see a copy. All I right. Will, uh, we'll, we'll play We'll play on uh, Roll20 or, or Tabletop Simulator or something. So you saw a good movie. I did. I saw a good movie. I, I wish and you'd seen it. I saw six. <laughs> as good movies, but they weren't bad movies. It was kind of peculiar. It's kind of, you saw, well, it's been three weeks, I understand. Uh, I, I went and saw the new Fast and Furious. It's actually a spinoff, dude. Can you believe it? Yes. <laughs> I haven't watched most of them, right? I, 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 I knew it was car chases and crazy action scenes and stuff. And and someone decided, do you know what? Do you know what the Fast and Furious franchise needs? What do you think? What do you think the Fast and Furious franchises needs or needed? Is I hope you're thinking a superhero spinoff, because that's what they made. Oh, was was that not a rhetorical question? <laughs> it was not. Oh. Uh, <clears throat> seriously. Because they introduced Hobbs and Shaw, The Rock, and and Jason Statham as you know super spies, super spy and crime fighter, and and they're just their ability to drive and and fight and 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 do spy and investigative stuff is so great that it's basically a superhero level. I, I there's no better way to, to put it. It's really strange, but if you saw the trailer, the trailer promises those two guys <clears throat> hating each other, working together, um, trading barbs and 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 diehard style quips while fighting a, a completely ludicrous villain and and his minions. That's what the trailer promised, and that's what the film delivered. I want to say it's, I want to say it's even a throwback to the '80s style films, the sort that they keep putting Jason Statham in anyway. So all the people who said that this movie was in trouble, that this movie was an embarrassment to the studio, that the studio had a turkey on its hands and it was just trying to dump this movie or sneak it out or whatever. They were dirty, filthy liars. Oh, are you kidding? This studio released it in August. This this is the end of the summer film season, so they didn't put it up against any stiff competition, right? But they they, they didn't dump it off in March. You know what I mean? They didn't dump it off in February. Uh, they uh, wh whoever thought that the studios uh, didn't like it, they're they're crazy. Ju just judging by the way they released it. But 
I mean, what can I say? Nobody's nobody's going to think that a Fast and Furious film is is not some kind of a turkey, right? Yeah, like they're all absurd. At least the ones I've seen. You know, they're absurd. They you you go there because you want to see fast cars and and cool action and and now you can also get, um, you know, The Rock and Jason Statham driving vehicles and kung fuing for two hours. Come on. See, that's all I would expect. That's what I would expect. That's what I would want to get from it. Exactly. It's it's definitely it's not going to be on anybody's best of lists for the year, or maybe even the season. It's just you know dumb one-liners, uh, cheesy fights. Uh, but it's the hallmark of the series, right? Amazing set piece fight scenes and chase scenes, right? Even when the set piece battles are like kind of ridiculous, they're still fun. Oh, yeah. And and the whole film is, all right, let's set up the next, let's set up the next big thing, right? Uh, We're going to, you know, the, the, uh, the trailers, you know, gave away more or less gave away the final set piece, right? Where, you know, they they escape to Samoa, and and they they spend a few minutes setting up. Okay, here's how we're going to uh, set up this battle. Here's where we're going to draw the uh, bad guys in. Here's how we're going to disable their weapons. And if we're lucky, we're we're gonna you know we're gonna beat them in a big melee, right? And that's it. They just they set that up in 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 a, in a little exposition and a montage, and then. The bad guys showed up, and there's a big brawl, you know, mm-hmm. with 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 the uh, you know like thirty Samoans versus high tech uh, bad guys, you know, cybernetic troopers and and stuff, and uh, and the super powered Idris Elba playing the uh, the main villain. It's completely nuts, but that's that's the film, right? Like here here's the stakes. Here's what we're here's what we want to do. Here's how we want to do it. Now let's let's see. Let's go do it and see what what goes well and what doesn't go well. Like what what goes sideways and and that's where all the the fun and the the drama comes from. Just watching. Oh no, their plan didn't work. How how are they going to get out of it before? I, I'm guessing it's going to involve really uh, fast, quick thinking and good driving. Sure enough. So they the, promised something, and they delivered on exactly what they promised. Absolutely. I think if you, I think you'd already know if if you saw the trailer, you already know whether you want to watch it. Like if you love going back and watching all the cheesy eighty action stuff, action films. If you like, uh, you know, Lethal Weapon or or Die Hard or. I suppose those are really good examples of, of films. Like the, you know that you want to watch this movie. You're like, yeah, I could, I could kill a couple of hours, uh, watching explosions and, and fast cars and, and stuff. Uh, but if, if you're somehow on the fence, uh, uh, we've got. Ooh, let's see. I'm gonna try this new feature. Bar one Scorpio in in chat. You know, might finally give it a chance. Yeah, dude. Come on! If you like stupid action stuff, if you like The Rock, and and the I, The Rock always plays The Rock. If you like The Rock, or you like Jason Statham, yeah, it's it's a Rock and a Jason Statham action movie. Just go enjoy it. Now you're gonna be what? You're gonna be out ten bucks in a couple hours. 
love it. Uh, that's another thing too. If if you're a rock fan, the the, uh, the rock WWF references were <laughs> they just laid them on. They they basically started the film with with three or four of his signature uh, references. Uh, they had a they had a, a eyebrow reference, the people's eyebrow. They uh, it, like at the beginning of the film, he's he's eating a stack of pancakes at a diner. Um, and uh, and like the first fight scene he gets into, uh, he delivers his uh, spear finisher to uh, <laughs> to one of the mooks. They just right off the bat, they're like, "Hey, do you remember? Do you remember the Rock in wrestling?" And of course, they had another wrestler uh, in the Samoan scene at the end, and they start doing tag team stuff to some of the enemies. It's like they don't care. <laughs> they're like, "Here's a show." I mean, you can make movies that are fun. No pretension at all. At all. It's, it's really great. They do some fun stuff uh, with, uh, at the beginning of the film, they just sort of, excuse me, they do a side by side, introducing the characters uh, just so that you get a feel for who they are and how they live. Right. It's, it's like a mirror image. They both get up in the morning and, uh, and you know, they watch them making breakfast, right? The Rock gets up and he's in, he's like a little sunny Los Angeles apartment. And, you know, he, he gets raw, breaks raw eggs into a glass or something like that. While Jason Statham, you know, carefully makes himself an omelet and, you know, and Statham, like really fine, uh, fine clothes, modern, uh, modern architecture, uh, modern furniture and and the rocks and you know just a, a rough easygoing uh, lifestyle. Uh, you know Jason Statham uh, after breakfast goes to the pub and and the Rock is pumping iron already in the gym, right? So they do some cool stuff with uh, with the camera work to sort of introduce the characters and uh, get the story going. And of course the but the real the real reason to watch is is the chase scenes, right? Uh, the camera work is fun. Uh, you always have a sense of, uh, with a couple of exceptions, you always have a sense of where the vehicles are in relation to each other and, and what the, where, what the goal is, you know, there's always a little bit of attention, uh, plus all the fun of actually seeing the vehicles, uh, you know, spin and drive around. Um, and they also managed to have, uh, uh, a cars versus helicopter chase scene, which was, uh, that was something new. That was a lot of fun. Uh, what can I say? They delivered. All right. So I recommend it. You should definitely see this. This is 100% a Daddy Warpig film. I'll have to put it on my put it on my two watch film. I mean, it does sound exactly like my kind of movie. Absolutely. I be and and I would I would dare to say if you have the option, if it's still available in uh, in theaters where you're at. Uh, maybe catch the IMAX. Just get that that big screen, roaring engine feel. <laughs> that roar that's so loud it rattles the feeling in the the fillings in your teeth. Oh yeah, you know what? That'll clean your sinuses right out. That'll just <laughs> shake it all loose. <laughs> You'll be able to breathe again. Oh man! All right. Well, 
I'll be honest. I too saw a movie that delivered exactly what it promised. Uh, and I actually watched for certain values of watched the world premiere of this movie. Uh, and it moved, the movie was called and get ready for the title. Zombie tidal wave. <laughs> and so you're going to ask me, well, did they deliver? Was there a zombie tidal wave? And I will confess that not only they, did they deliver a zombie tidal wave, they delivered a second one about 15, 20 minutes later. Well, now I, I, my, I've got a couple of competing images in my mind. What, what did they mean by a zombie tidal wave? So the movie starts out and there's an earthquake underwater. They're in an island paradise somewhere in uh, Southeast Asia. So it's not a Hawaii or, you know, one of those other places that's really obvious. Southeast Asia. Uh, and within the first two minutes of the movie, there's a couple swimming in the water. He asks her to marry him. She says yes. And when she turns around, he's gone because zombie attack. Hmm. Less than two minutes into the movie. Because the movie is called Zombie Tidal Wave. And what are you here to see? Yeah. There, there, you, we're, we're not going to have the 15-minute the establishment of characters and settings and things. That's I mean, for wimps. They do get into establishing a few characters later. They get a couple minutes in doing that. But man, bam, right off the top. They give you exactly what you came to see. So it turns out that whatever happened underwater released a bunch of zombies. And, and follow me here on the plotting. When you have an undersea earthquake, of sufficient magnitude, what does it cause? Mm, sure, tidal waves. Tidal waves. But it actually makes sense. <laughs> I hate to say it with a movie called Zombie Tidal Wave, but the plot makes sense within its universe. There is an uh, it turns out, and you find this out fairly quickly, uh, so minor spoilers, there's an old vessel on the floor of the ocean, and the earthquake shifted the position of the vessel so it's hold, that's where they keep the cargo, the hold, broke open and released the zombies. Oh, no. And the earthquake caused a tidal wave. The tidal wave picked up the zombies in the water and washed them up onto 
the shores and the streets of this island paradise. Now, given the existence of zombies, all of that is perfectly plausible. Sure. I mean, considering how destructive tidal waves are, I'm, I'm, I'm having trouble being really threatened by adding zombies to it, but <laughs> tell me more. I just, I, I'm astounded by how not bad the bad movie was. Um, like, I've been thinking about this for the last week and a bit. Uh, the movie has some kind of intricate things that happen, not in the forefront, it's not the plot. It's like they drive from point A to point B and pick up some survivors, and point Z and pick point C, pick up some more survivors, and point D and pick up some more survivors. Okay, so they have specific pieces of equipment, guns and knives and stuff. They pick up people who have their own equipment, they change equipment, they lose something, and at every single point, they don't break continuity once. Oh, sounds like they have a really smart... Uh continuity editor they they don't suddenly have a person that they didn't pick up they don't suddenly miss a person that they did pick up they don't suddenly just magically lose or have gear appear i mean, I mean it's too darn good for a bad movie and, and let me tell you why you'd think it was a bad movie first off it stars ian Ziering. Recently, the star of the Sharknado movies. I was about to say, I recognize that name. Sharknado and, and Beverly Hills 90210, right? Yep. <laughs> um, and this is also a sci-fi channel movie. So that, that sets your expectations right there. And... Uh, it's made by a lot of people who were crew uh, or, uh, you know, production people, whatever, associated with the Sharknado movies. So you're just thinking this is going to be a Sharknado movie, but with zombies. And it kind of sort of is, but still, they didn't slack off. They didn't just, you know, throw something together willy-nilly. They actually paid attention to the basics of filmmaking. It, it, it's astonishing how many truly bad movies get all this stuff wrong, how you can't count on any of this. But this one, you know, cheesy, kitschy movie gets it right. Intentionally dumb Comedy moments, some drama moments, whatever, they they actually get it right. And if you take it for what it is, the plot actually even works. <laughs> it, I'm serious. It's astonishing. I couldn't believe it. I'm, I, I was thinking about the plot threads. It forms an entire coherent story that makes sense and it's complete 
you can follow in the story one to two to three to four to five to the climax. And that's something The Last Jedi couldn't manage. That's something a lot of big budget movies just can't manage. A coherent plot that makes sense. It's embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, shame on you, Hollywood. This 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 stupid zombie NATO movie is more competently executed than more competently written than half the stuff you put out. And I swear this is true. <laughs> the the dialogue is even Kind of clever at times. Wow. Who knew? I'm speechless. I really am. I don't know how it happened. <laughs> but but it's all there. You have a complete story that makes sense. You have a movie that bothers to pay attention to continuity it, it knew what it was making and they deliver on it um it's even got a, a nice you know some nice things about family and and stuff like that and uh regretting bad decisions you've made and it's not a great movie i'm not gonna lie to you about that there's some rough performances and stuff but i, I can't call it a bad film absolute worst it's cheesy and it's got moments of dumb humor on purpose that's it it's competently made it it, it beats a lot of stuff I, mean, I don't know what to tell you you can sense my shock I hope I yeah you you can't you can't handle it so that was zombie uh that was zombie tidal wave. Zombie tidal wave. That's one of those film titles that just grabs you. <laughs> um, I also saw, since our last show, a five-movie series called Mythica. Huh. Now... Lo, these many months ago, somebody recommended I watch Orcs. And I was bitterly disappointed. Whereas if they had recommended I watch Mythica, I would have been pleasantly surprised. Because I watched Mythica, and I was pleasantly surprised. Okay. Mythica is a five-movie series that was each of the movies was kickstarted. And once they were kickstarted, then they started selling them to streaming services, apparently. Uh, I caught mine on Amazon Prime. Um, and I don't mean to say this, it's going to sound like I'm insulting the movies when I say this, but I'm not. They're D and D. Okay. The main characters are a D and D adventuring party. 
there's a magic user. There's a fighter. There's a priest. And there's a thief. And they go on a quest to stop an evil necromancer. Oh. And it's fun. It's entertaining. It's it's even kind of delightful in places. It was worth the time I spent on it. I mean, there's lots of great stuff that that sort of fit that description. I think, you know, the, the, even the D&D movie and, and Record of Lotus War, famous anime, is basically just a generic Dungeons & Dragons game. But that's great. <laughs> what can I say? Like, that sounds great. Um. I mean, you can tell that the special effects... Okay, so first off, let's get that out of the way. It's shot... All five of these movies are shot in Utah. Okay. Um, which really wigged me out, because I kept on thinking, that scenery looks awfully familiar. And at the end, it says, you know, shot on location in Utah. They just picked a bunch of different wilderness locations in Utah and used them for all of these different things. Um they have good costume designs. Uh, they look credible. They don't look like cheapy, you know, cheesy, mass-produced Naga hide stuff that you got in, like, the 70s. Um, they just look like nice, you know, fur clothes or leather clothing or whatever. Um, they, whatever their budget was from being kickstarted. They spent it well. The special effects, the spell effects and stuff are a bit rough in places, but it's a really low-budget film. You got to, I mean, they just didn't have the money to make them super, uh, super spectacular every time. And in movies two and three, they have some shots of like, Battles, like actual huge battles, laying siege to a town and stuff. And those are actual, they're the quality of cinematic, of animatics. You ever watched the making of, of a movie and they will show you like, oh yeah, here's our previs where we, you know, set up what a scene will look like and then they'll have like, really bad computer animation showing characters watch, walking around and stuff. That was... I mean, have you seen those, or...? Uh, not so many. Okay. That's how, that's the quality of the big battle scene animation. It was painful. Oh. It's like getting spikes pounded into my eyes, but... Uh, wow, <laughs> that's pretty harsh. <laughs> Most of the rest of it is 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 well done. I mean the the land they picked looks like a fantasy world, and it looks different from 
a lot of the other stuff we get, because you don't usually shoot in, like, you know, Wasatch Front Mountains uh, or other places like that. It, You know, they did a lot of good with it. The acting was credible. It has Kevin Sorbo in a recurring uh, Hercules, Kevin Sorbo, Andromeda, Kevin Sorbo, big guy, muscly. Yeah, I know him. I used to love Hercules. Uh, he he shows up in a he plays a uh, very very uh, he plays a uh, very very powerful magician. Um, he's in a, a small part in each of the five movies, so you know they they made him entertaining, they made him watchable, and they put. What they could do well, they spent the time and money to do well so that it bought them some um, goodwill. So the things that it they just never could have done well with the budget they had, they did as good as they could. Uh, and I enjoyed them. It was... Uh, yeah, low budget D and D action. Yeah, I mean, they have orcs. They go out there and they kill a bunch of orcs. Uh, they have a thieves guild they break into at some point. You know, uh, they have a dragon at one point in one of the movies. They have a couple of dungeons they go through. It's just. And there's a plot. The plot is coherent. Again, they don't. The writing is is better than the Last Jedi. <laughs> well, um, you know they're they're not bad movies. Uh, I just uh, they were enjoyable. I enjoyed, I enjoyed them and. They were worth the. They were worth the time I spent on them. I'm not saying, you know, oh, are you saying they're better than the Avengers? I'm not saying they're the best movies you ever see. I'm just saying that I enjoyed them. You you real you you knew what you were getting. You got it, and and you got no complaints. Exactly. I mean, yeah, that's that may be damning with faint praise because it doesn't sound like they're very good movies, but. They're enjoyable. Yeah. I mean, they're literally entertaining. Just the way the characters interacted, they all had distinct personalities, and they all maintained their distinct personalities. I mean, do you know how hard that is for a lot of people who write and make movies? If you've seen bad movies, you know how people just randomly change their personalities because that's what the plot needs at this point, right? But they maintain their same personalities. You could begin to accept them as people because they're the same people all the way through. Like they had a horn dog half elf. He wasn't, and maybe by saying that, I made it seem like he's one note. He isn't one note. Uh, and he grows over the series. But, you know, he likes women. He's got a weakness for women, and he likes taking money. Every chance they get to make money, 
he says, okay, so how do we get the treasure out of this place? And it turns out he's right. Because in the third movie, they're critically short on cash. And they desperately need money to get something done. And he says, this is why I keep on asking. How do we get money? So, <laughs> um, so they, they maintain their characterization. And so they seem real. I mean, that's something that everybody gets wrong all the time. And yet he, uh, and yet this movie got it right. But I, I, it's just hard to explain. It's so easy to see movies that do things wrong. And when a movie does something right, it just becomes kind of invisible. It's just one of those things that doesn't annoy you anymore. And it's kind of nice to sit down and see a movie that isn't super high budget, that is entertaining, and that you can compare to truly bad movies and say, yeah, this movie is doing a lot of stuff that's good. So I think it's useful or helpful uh, to kind of uh, calibrate your taste every now and then. See a truly awful movie so that you can appreciate, you know, movies that may not be the absolute best, but which are still entertaining, still good. Uh, I, yeah, I, I try, although I tried watching Birdemic again just for the laughs. And I tell you what, it is not funny the second time you watch it. I've heard that that is actually just literally terrible. It is. It is legitimately awful. Just there, there's very few, if any, redeeming qualities about it. It's it. It's funny in that you're laughing at how bad it is because it's done so earnestly, and it doesn't have. Uh, compare it to the room where the room is, is sort of just as earnest and just as, or, and just as bad, if not worse, but uh, Tommy Wiseau is such a strange character and, and the, it's got so many wacky lines that, that it's quotable. The room is quotable yeah. in its awfulness and Birdemic is not. Uh, Birdemic is, is just really, really bad. And the first time I saw it, it was because let's deliberately watch a bad movie and I was laughing at, at how many uh, how much awfulness was in it, uh, and I I didn't make it through 15 minutes the, on the second watching. I was like, yeah, this will be good for a laugh, and it wasn't. It was just really bad. Unlike the room, the room's good for a laugh. So avoid Birdemic is. Yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna hate watch a, a bad film, Birdemic is is probably the worst I've ever seen, and you've really. You've really got to like bad movies to enjoy that. So anyways, those are the bad movies I saw. The five, not as bad as you'd think for me calling them bad movies. I mean, I just, I don't even know what to call them. Bad movie is just such a, such a bad term for them. Because they're not actually bad movies. Like uh, low budget? Yeah, they're low budget. And, and. But they use their budget well, 
and they do the absolutely they do far more than you could expect from the budget size you know it's like in these hollywood blockbusters that go bad they have this huge budget but what they get out of it is just teeny tiny right these five, these uh, six films had a very small budget and got outsized results from it, got really good results from their teeny tiny budget. So they're not going to be as good as a you know huge blockbuster success, but damn it, if they didn't take what they had and made the most of it and made something that was entertaining that I could sit there and watch and say, hey, I was entertained, they did a good job. Amen. Uh, looking for the future of bad movies. We've got uh, looking forward to bad stuff in the future. Bad movie number one is uh, there's a new movie poster for Star Wars. Did you know that they've made another Star Wars film? I heard about that. Yeah, that's going to be released in about four months. The Rise of three, the three Fall of the Skull, Skywalker? Or? Yeah, yeah. So uh, looking forward to not seeing that. I almost said Skullwalker, but I... Skullwalker. Yeah. I, there's not much more that needs to be said about that. I, I think I'm glad that Star Wars is dead. Uh, the other the other one, uh, we're going to have to wait a couple of years for this, uh, this next pile of trash. I uh, just got an announcement. Black Panther 2 arrives in 2022. Did they announce uh, Captain Karen 2? Mm, I don't know. I think I've got I think I've got websites that do that blocked in my browser. <laughs> I saw a great trailer yesterday for uh Rambo 5 Last Blood. Oh yeah, I saw that as well. Uh, I'm I'm genuinely looking forward to that. Man, that looks better every time I see a trailer yep. for it. And it's amazing that uh, how old is Stallone? Seventy-five or something like that. Yeah, he the guy's is. absolutely ripped. He just. I should I'm start. Really... I should start lifting. I'd like to look half that good at that age. I am really impressed with Stallone's late career renaissance. Um, that last Rocky film he did, and then the. Uh, Creed 1. I haven't seen Creed 2 yet. It's been a busy year. Um, and then uh, the number four Rambo movie and the the first of his three uh, Expendables movies is just phenomenal. And I'm not saying the others are like terrible, but man, that first one is just it is something special. Mm. So. Well, I, I'm about out. How about you? Oh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm done. That was what I wanted to talk about today. I actually watched the beginning of it because it had been like a week and a bit since I saw it. I actually watched the beginning of a shark uh, or shark, the beginning of zombie tidal wave last night just to remind me of a couple of things. That's when I found out the two-minute thing. I was like, that's awesome. That's just cool. <laughs> but yeah, I'm cool. I'm cool for today. 
Uh, well, that yeah, that's all I wanted to talk about too. It was, it was good catching up after a few weeks of vacation. Uh, we're back. Love this new software. I think I think we're gonna run with the Streamyard from now on, uh, which means we'll be able to run this from anywhere. So that'll be nice. Uh, so thanks for hanging out and thanks for hanging out in the chat, guys. Um, mostly talking with Barbara and Scorpio today. Uh, it's good to have you around. Is it my turn? It's your turn. All right. Let's see if we can pull this off with uh, all the head coldness going on. I want to thank uh, everybody who's uh, in the chat, of course. Uh, thanks for dropping by uh, for this last-minute awesome broadcast on StreamYard. Um, I want to uh, thank everybody who will listen to the show later and be massively entertained. Uh, give uh, Hobbs and Shaw a... Uh, shot, uh, give zombie title wave a shot, and uh, take a look at the Mythica movies. They're, uh, I found them entertaining. If you like the first one, probably the others will entertain you too. Give it a shot. Um, thanks for tuning in. This has been Geek Gab for Saturday, August 24th. You can catch us on youtube.com slash geek gab. youtube.com slash geek gab. You can also get us on the Google Play Store on SoundCloud.com and on the iTunes Store. Just do a search for Geek Gap. We are signing out for today. But don't you worry. Don't you fret. We will be back.